Well, let's get right to it. We're going to talk about some different myths about God. Hmm. <laughs> We've got five, and, and there's probably more, but we'll probably only get to two today. Uh, it, it's time we are awakened to the fact that in some cases, Jim, mm-hmm. God is not who we've been told he is. <clears throat> Amen. I know that may step on some toes, and we're not trying to step on toes, but we're trying we're trying to show who you, who God is to, to us, and God is... Uh, Wonderful. That's all I can say. He's like the expression, he's good all the time. Well, wasn't that the major conflict, Rich, that Jesus had with the Pharisees? Oh, absolutely. We're going to talk about that yeah, today. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they saw him in, uh, in one perspective, and Jesus came to show them, uh, your thinking's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they chastised him, they rebuked him, they did all this stuff. I mean, here it is. God in the flesh, and they're saying, no, 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 Jesus, that's not the way you do it. <laughs> it kind of, you got to laugh because it's like, here's God, and they're saying, no, God, we, we, know, the, we know God. We are the way. Yeah, yeah, we know God, and that's not God. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what is a myth? Well, a myth is a widely held but false belief or idea. You know, we've said many times, God God is given credit for stuff that he didn't do, and it's usually stuff that uh, that is not um, love, because God is love. And, you know, people say, well, he does chastise those whom he loves. Well, yes, he does. We, we're not going to disagree with that, but but it's all done in love. It's all done in love. So we are here to dispel some myths about God today. About big, time. Big, sub, <laughs> big subject, Jim. It is. It really is a big subject. I mean, but we've all, I mean, I look back on my 30 plus years and you look back on your mm-hmm. 35, 40 plus years and, and we go, there's some things that we believe because we were told to believe it mm-hmm. that we don't believe anymore. <clears throat> And, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with the motives of the people that told us, Jim. They they can only speak from where they are. Mm-hmm. And we could only speak from where we are. And so um, I don't think anything's going to be earth-shattering today, but, but it may be thought-provoking. You know, we've all been told things about God that um, – that may not be specifically as told to us. So we're going to talk about at least two myths today, and they both kind of relate to each other. One of them is, um, uh, this is a myth. God considers everyone sinners, even those of the faith. And we're going to talk about that one. And um, now that's not to say we don't sin, but it's but we're not sinners. We God sees us as sons and daughters, and he sees us as, well, it says Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. So that's how he sees us, not as these dirty, rotten sinners that, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to have to take them to the woodshed and beat them up a little bit. That's always the way it's been portrayed to me, Rich. I mean, you know, when I was a young boy going to church, 
um, I always heard about that severe side of God. You mm-hmm. better watch your step, you yeah. know. And uh, it was, I was, you know, I, I was a believer because I was too fearful not to believe. Well, and uh, I don't know what kind of salvation that is when you're so afraid of somebody, you, you know, you're going to, oh, yes, sir, I'll do it, whatever you say. Well, perfect so love, love casts out all fear. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And perfect love isn't going to, No. You, you should never leave the church house scared to death that, you know you're you know you're doing everything wrong i mean that's not the way god corrects us he corrects us in a loving caring gentle way and uh so the first one again is god considers everyone a sinner this is a myth uh that we're hopefully going to prove to you that is a myth because i know in some church houses jim they're called sinners by the person standing at the pulpit I watched a movie yesterday, and it was all about a young boy that had braces and had all kinds of leg problems and degenerative stuff, and his dad was a preacher. And, I mean, if you watch the movie, you hear it. Exactly what we're talking about is what I heard, and that's what kind of prompted me to have this topic. The second one, as I said, kind of relates to the first one, and that is our faith not only our faith, but our behavior and performance determine whether we get into he- <clears throat> heaven. So those two things are kind of related. So we're going to start getting diving into this thing. Hopefully no one's turned us off. <laughs> no, really, uh, I think that you'll see uh, a lot of scripture to support what we're saying and um, – and just hang in there with us, okay? And Ephesians 1, 7 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. And I'm going to cover that real quick, Jim, because I, that's, that's the crux of this matter here is sin. Okay, so um, Romans 4, 8 says, Blessed and happy and favored is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account nor charge against him. Hebrews 8, 12, and 13, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete, and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish. Behold, we've become new creatures. That's what that reborn, born-again experience is all about. Putting all that aside, that, that title of you're a sinner, and accepting the title that we did nothing to earn but was given to us is you are my sons and you are my daughters. Now, our sons and daughters will make mistakes, but they're still our sons and daughters, and we don't call them worthless. Not if you love them. Not if you love them, (laughs) and God loves us. So what we're trying to say here is quit, quit call, if you're calling yourself a, a sinner, you know, some low sinner, stop doing it. Stop doing it because 
that's not what God, that's not how God sees you. You know, if, if Jesus saved us by his grace, by the grace of God, you know, God's not going to keep looking at us as sinners. We're born again. We're a new creation. We're new people, new creatures, whatever you want to call it. We may see ourselves as sinners because we mess up from time to time, but we don't, but we do not want to put that name on ourselves. You know, Rich, the Lord spoke to me a while back, just this quick statement, and he said, I don't define you by what you do. I define you by what you already are in my son, Jesus. There you go. Summarizes nicely what, what we're saying here. It's not about you that gives us that freedom. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about what Jesus did for us called grace it's all it's called grace in romans 3 23 24 it says for everyone is sin we're not saying that you don't sin but you're not a sinner in god's eyes that's what we're trying to say so in romans 3 23 24 kind of really does explain it much better than I could. It says, for everyone is sin, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet, God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. Man, if that doesn't make you shout and get excited, I don't know what, what would. He freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. You mean to tell me there's no more penalty for our sins? Well, there's consequences. If you're going to go rob a bank, guess what? Yeah, <laughs> you're going to probably get caught, and you're going to pay the penalty. Yeah. But when in God's eyes, he paid the penalty for our sin. And you could be in prison and still be free because you've been forgiven. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for us as human beings to wrap our mind around forgiveness because we see, I mean, how many movies are out there where people are getting revenge and whatever, you know? And Jesus turned the other cheek, you know? Jesus said, don't forgive those, Father, for they know not what they did. He still forgave those that were beating him to a pulp. Yeah, and really, Rich, when I read that scripture one time, one time the Lord was saying, everybody thinks that I was speaking to the guards that pierced my side with a spear Ooh. and, and uh, drove the nails in my hands. But he said, really, I was speaking to the whole world when Everyone. I said that. Because the whole world is in the same spiritual condition because we were – when we come into this world, we came in here with, with the ability to choose. Um, that's a whole subject in itself that we might get into at, at some other uh, you know, Definitely. time. But um, this has all really been a test of our wills, all this sojourning down here in the earth realm. And, you know, man was created in God's image and in his likeness. We were created perfect uh, from the beginning, but it's just that um, we did have a free will. Yes. If we're created in God's image and likeness, he has a certainly God has a free will. 
to choose. And so we, you know, we're either going to be sons or robots. And so the Lord gave us the ability to become sons by giving us the ability to choose. And unfortunately, we chose the wrong path when we came here. Um, so, you know, the Lord spoke something to me a while back, too. He says, I have not come to consume you. I have come for you to consume me. Mm. And I think that this is the most important thing that we can say on the broadcast today. The only way you're going to understand and know these things that Brother Rich is sharing with you this morning is to know him intimately and to know him personally. And this does not come by listening to the preacher one hour or two hours on Sunday. I'm sorry to tell you. It doesn't come that way. You know, we have a responsibility to the Lord that gave his life for you and for me. Um, And I want to know this God of love. I mean, you know, there's very few people I know that would actually say, well, I'll lay down my life for you, Jim. But Jesus Christ did lay down his life for us. And I want to know this wonderful Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, when we look at this myth of God considers everyone sinners, which is a myth, he, he loves us and he considers us brothers, sisters, you know, for Jesus, from Jesus' perspective, friends, and then from the Father's perspective, sons and daughters. You know, we have to really take a serious look at this scripture, and that scripture is this, when you see me, Jesus said, you have seen the Father. Now, we've done different programs on that scripture, and it's come up a lot because, again, back to what we were saying earlier, I think Jim mentioned it, where we kind of see this God that we were told about as kids as a God that doesn't mess around, man. You you get out of line, and he will smack you down because you sinned. Well, God is God, and he, kn- he knew when he created man that man was going to have a free choice. And he knew that the soul and the heart of man is e- can be evil. <laughs> and so... We have to then really take a strong look at Jesus and, you know, however many years Jesus walked the earth in his ministry, some say three, three and a half, whatever, that's irrelevant. We have to look at him and what he provided, and there's so much more that that they said the walls and libraries couldn't contain all the books of what Jesus said and did when he was on this earth, but the part that we have is very clear. You know, Jesus went out and hung out with the undesirables out there. And man, this is what they said about him. This is what the religious people of his day, these people were religious people. They thought they knew God. They thought they had all the answers. They thought that these laws were to be obeyed, and if you disobeyed them, that you could be stoned. You could all kinds of things could happen to you, and they were all bad. That that's why God gets a bad rap because of religious people, laws and do's and don'ts and whatever. And there, I'm not saying there doesn't need to be some kind of organization, or you know, in the sense of being able to keep. Uh, in the in the, in some the church, and, some yeah, yeah, yeah some right. kind communion. of yeah. yeah, common union. But this is what this is what the religious people said of Jesus. He said, "Behold, the man's a gluttonous. He's a wine bibber, a friend of the publicans and sinners." 
I mean, can you imagine today if Jesus was walking on this earth and someone said that about him? Can you imagine them talking about our Lord and Savior that way? Well, believe it or not, some of the things that he probably would have done, Jim, he would have gotten the same response from some of the people out there. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it's sad to say, but mm-hmm. I, I could believe that because how many times do have people been told, well, don't associate with that group or don't associate with this group or those people will lead you astray or whatever? I mean, you've heard that. Yeah, and generally, those are the first people the Lord goes to, <laughs> you know, the outcast. You know, they're, they're the ones that really have, have the deep, well, they do have a deep need for the Lord. We all have a deep need for the Lord. It's just that some of us realize it more than others. Uh, but no, um, we just need to put on Father's glasses is what we're talking about. Uh, and, you know, he's seeking people. He's seeking uh, people that will worship him in spirit. And, you know, it's like I felt like the Lord shared with me one time. He said, son, you know, you can study the Bible till you're blue in the face. And he said, and it will give you a lot of good knowledge about me. But he said, but if you really want to know me personally and intimately, he says, then you're going to have to experience me. You're going to have to experience me instead of just hearing about me. And I think that because of our natural mind, you know, our impression uh, of navigating in this world is, you know, you got to be well-educated. you got to have as many degrees as you can get. And, and we think that by acquiring a great deal of knowledge that we're going to be successful. And that is true to a big degree in the world today, but it's not true in God's kingdom. Uh, You can hear everything that man has to say about him, but I want to hear the man that has experienced him and knows him intimately and personally. And that's the reason why he died, so you could come into this union with him. In John 17, Jesus prayed, you know, Father, I pray that they become one as you and I are one. And Jesus was always in contact with the Father, even though his, his feet was on terra firma in the earth, his consciousness and his mind uh, was in heavenly places. He would have been known as a very mystical person. And a lot of times, if you get the name of mystical, many of the churches don't want you in their door. <laughs> Because, you know. All it means is mysteries. Yeah, it, it does. And he yeah. said, I want to reveal my mysteries and right. secrets to you. Right. But he's it's just like why Jesus spoke in parables. He spoke in parables because he wanted people to really dig yeah. in there yeah. and find out what he's talking about, which is going to give them a better understanding of who Jesus really is. Yeah, he knew. He knows the hearts of every man and woman. It isn't that he doesn't want them all to understand and to know. Uh, it's because he knows the heart. And if your heart is not toward him, uh, then he's not going to basically he's not going to waste his time in trying to tell you about the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But he says, but unto them, it has been given to know the secrets and the mystery. Well, who are the them yes. that he's talking about? It's the ones that really they followed him and they and they saw the love. They was looking through through loving eyes instead of critical and judgmental eyes. And uh, and it was always the Pharisees, the religious ones, the ones that had great scriptural knowledge. They were always judging him. And, and I'll end it with this, Rich. I remember the scripture in John where he talked to the Pharisees and he says, you know, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. 
but these are they that point you to me. In other words, he was saying you could have all the knowledge of the, the written scriptures and, and the record that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote, uh, but unless you come to me and open your heart and your life to me, you're never going to know me. You'll just have a head knowledge, and head knowledge, that ain't going to get it. I mean, it's, you know, are you still going to make it to heaven? Yeah, if you believe in Jesus, yes, you will. Don't misunderstand us. But why not enjoy the benefits of knowing him in a greater way in this life? Very, very important question to ask because, um, you know, I was, years and years ago, I was just kind of going through the motions and going to church and whatever and trying to read my Bible a little bit and whatever. But, man, over the last, say, 10 to 15 years, um, God, it's just like an onion, just layer after layer, he's opening up. And he will do that for anyone. There's, he's not a respecter of persons. Um, he's not going to do it for this guy or that lady. He's, you know, more so than you. He's going to do it for you, and he's going to do it for everybody that mm-hmm. continues to. You, Jim uses the example of a, a shovel. You know, ask, seek, and knock. If you keep digging, you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that scripture, Rich, in Job, where where Job says, I've heard of you for a long time by the hearing of the ear, but now I see you. Yeah. He experienced him. And boy, that's all it took was one experience, and everything he had heard and learned about him, it kind of went out the window, you yes. know, when he saw him as he is. Yeah, you know, the Bible talks about knowing a woman, you know, that's something that is sexual intercourse. It's... You know, and that's the kind of intimacy that Jesus wants from us. He he wants us to know him as he is. Intimately. Intimately. Well, let's, uh, before we take a break here, let's go to uh, second chapter of Galatians. Um, You know what? Let's take a break. Okay, we're talking today about some myths about God. Things that people believe or have believed that may not believe that way anymore, or maybe they still do. Well, a lot of people left the church, Rich. They couldn't find the God of love that everybody talked about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're sitting under anybody that's telling you you're a dirty, rotten sinner, and (laughs) you're not. and You don't want your kids hearing it either. And if you listen to the first part of the broadcast, you you got a lot of scriptures, a lot of ammunition to prove that you're not. And we're going to continue down that road in second chapter of Galatians, Paul Paul takes the religious disciples, even even the disciples got religious uh, regarding their loyalty to the law. You know, Paul called it hypocrisy and compromise. They were trying to force the law by not eating with the Gentiles. I mean, can you imagine that after seeing these people saw Jesus eating with the sinners? You see that in today's world, the way they're treating the Jewish people. Yeah. You know. He rebuked them by saying, we have no advantage over any other person. Jew and Gentile alike were equally disqualified by the law. In other words, nobody can live by the law. Right. You're going to fail. So 
He goes on to say, now we are equally justified because of Jesus and for no other reason. And I love, if you continue down through here on verse 17, this is um, out of the mirror. It says, however, if in our quest to discover righteousness by faith in what Christ did for us, we find that it is still possible to stumble. We're, we're going to stumble. Mm-hmm. We're going to have thoughts that we really should not be thinking about. We're going to do maybe some things. We're going to say some things. So we will stumble. Paul goes on to say, do not now label yourself as a sinner yet again. That's good. It's great. Yeah. Because I used to, back in the day, if I'd mess up, I'd go, oh, man, I wish I could quit being a sinner. When Jesus already said, and Paul's already said, you're not a sinner. You've been saved by grace. The fact that you sinned does not cancel the cross of Christ and and gives you no reason to abandon Justification by faith, as if Christ is to be blamed for your distraction. This would be absurd. goes on to say, only a con artist will try to be a lawman and a grace man at the same time. <laughs> the law demanded my death, grace reveals that in God's mind, Jesus died that death. So as far as the law is concerned, I am dead. I am a dead man, but as far as God is concerned, I'm alive. It's that dichotomy of, it's that dualism, you know, you're either going to believe one way or you're going to believe the other. I'm going to believe the grace Mm -hmm. way, Mm -hmm. not the law way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you're conformed to his image... If you allow yourself to be conformed to his image and change your mind and your thinking, then that'll do away with the con job when you conform yourself to the image of Jesus Christ. Um, The Lord gave me a poem a while back uh, about his grace, Rich, and it kind of goes like this. It says, Yea, I I call to you this day that you can see my marvelous grace. And, you know, really, that's what this radio program is about this morning, Rich, trying to reveal the marvelous grace of God, his unconditional love. It says, for I have seen you running the race, and I have seen you seeking my face. Well, understand in this my new day, there will be no more disgrace. Praise God. So keep on pressing, my dear sons and daughters, and straightway you will know there is one who has won the race, and you now stand in his marvelous grace. I know that when I've read that scripture before about running a race, and you know you want to come in first place and so on and so forth, the Father spoke to me through this poem, and he said, son, there's only one that really won the race. That's Jesus Christ. And he said, and you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. So I want you to understand that the day that you accepted him or trusted in him, you finished the race. Your race was finished. Now it's time for you to enter into my rest yes. to see what I've done for you at Calvary. And his rest Isn't is good? glorious. I mean, his rest takes away all that angst inside of you, takes yeah. away all that... Anxiety takes all that 
pressure, take it, you know, takes it all away, man. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Well, if you're not feeling that, you can. Well, we're going to have tribulations in the well, world, yeah. so those things still shake us up, and you know, and there is suffering, but... Uh, it, it isn't the Lord that's brought it upon you. It's, it's the Lord trying to take it off of you. That's if right. If you'll yoke up with him. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, if if you just tuned in, we're talking about dispelling um, the myth of um, that God considers everyone sinners, even those of the faith. And uh, if you need more proof that God, other than what you've heard up to this point, that God doesn't see you as a sinner, let's go to Romans 5.19. It says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. I think you could say all there. Well, I think King, <laughs> does the King James say all? I, okay. Yeah. Um, so by yeah. the obedience of one mm-hmm. yeah. shall many be made righteous. Shall all be made yeah. righteous, King yeah. James says, yeah. So, you know, even even everybody's heard, if you don't read the Bible, you've heard James or uh, John 3.16, you know, for God so loved the world. But if you read John 3.18, it says, so now there is no longer any condemnation for those who believe in him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's all that is, is you're a dirty, rotten sinner. That's condemnation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, there, and the Bible clearly says, even in Romans 8.1, that there is therefore now no condemnation to him who is in Christ Jesus. But John 3.18 says, So now there is no longer any condemnation for those who believe in him, but the unbeliever already, he's put himself there. It's not already, already lives under condemnation because they do not believe in the name of the only Son of God. God didn't put them there. They put themselves. They have not been awakened yet right. to the fact that God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Yeah, well, you, I, I know I was always taught. Of course, I think that's how a lot of uh, organized uh, religions hold their people is through fear. When you stop and think about that, uh, it, is, it is through fear. I know that for the first 33 years of my life, I was raised in, a, in an organized religion, and um, you know, I was told that if I even missed church on Sunday, that that was a terrible, That's horrible a sin. sin. Yeah. And and I could pay the penalty by going to hell, and and maybe because God does have some grace, I might just go to a place called purgatory for a while, and I could be released and go up into heaven. So, you know, naturally, when you tell a young man that if he misses church on Sunday, he may go to hell, just, well, think what this young man's going to try and do. I'll try and make it, you know. But I'm making it out of fear, and I don't know about you, but I've got two kids— And I really don't want them doing things for me because they fear me in that way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, You know, they're being nice to me because they're afraid I'm going to chop their head off or something. That's not our Heavenly Father. You know, like the Scriptures say, God is love. Not that he has love. It's that that's what he is. He is love. And the reason why he came in the flesh in his Son, it was God in Christ reconciling the world back to himself, he wasn't doing that to appease his anger and his wrath. He was doing that. Jesus came and died to reveal the love of God. You know, when he walked the earth for so many years, like Rich was talking about, he took all the abuse. You know, he, he freed the prostitutes. He, everybody that he touched, he healed. Never once did he 
curse anybody or smack somebody down. And that's the reason why God became flesh and walked amongst us, to get rid of all this false doctrines that we have of him, that he's this weird, wrathful God, okay? So praise the Lord, and and thank God in this hour, God's doing something really, really awesome, and that is he's starting to reveal his love in a way that I've never seen him reveal it before, isn't he, Rich? He's pouring out his grace upon people like crazy. Absolutely. Romans 8.10, now Christ lives his life in you. (laughs) That's all you need to know. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Say that again. People need to hear that, Jim. Say that again. You are fully accepted yeah. by God. Yeah. So don't think for a second that God's disowned you and and you got to work your way back, you know, and we were talking about the prodigal son a little bit ago before we got on the air and the prodigal son, you know, he made a choice to leave and the father allowed him to leave. Mm-hmm. But he made a choice to come back and the father welcomed him with open arms. So if you're away from God today, it's time to come back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because his father is concerned, he doesn't really see you leaving home. He, he, even the prodigal son, it said that uh, the father saw him from afar. Yeah. The <laughs> father was still looking at him. He knew where he was at. He knew what he was doing. Of course, we know that God is all-knowing, okay? So, you know, Satan, the devil, he can't use that lie on you. You know, you know what you did. You cheated on your wife or your wife, you cheated on your husband. Um, God says, look to the blood, look to the blood at Calvary. 2000 years ago, the blood was shed. And I heard a preacher, which made a lot of sense. He said, um, 2000 years ago, Jesus's blood was shed, but it's still warm and flowing even in this hour Mm. to, to his creation. That's good. Okay. We finally got to our second myth. (laughs) Uh, we're running out of time, so we got to get busy here. Our second myth. Uh, was our faith, behavior, and performance determine whether we get to heaven? Hmm. I mean, have you ever have you ever asked someone, "Hey, if you died today, will you go to heaven?" I've heard this so many times. Well, I, I think, or I hope, I will. Yeah, yeah. And then you ask why, and they go. Well, I mean, I've tried to be a pretty... I go to church on Sunday. I go to church, and I've tried to be a pretty decent person. I try to treat people... Folks, they miss the whole point of salvation. Salvation is a gift, not something you can earn. Isn't that what he said? It's a a gift uh, that no one can boast? That's it. Because when you say, well, I've been a good person, I'm doing this, I'm doing you're kind of boasting, saying that's how I'm going to get into heaven. Well, no, you're going to get into heaven through the blood of Jesus Christ from Calvary. You know, we have to truly understand that, that we didn't do anything to earn our salvation and freedom from sin. And still can't. No. Really. It is a free gift that has been given to us by the Lord himself. Could you come up with a better gift than that? But just like any other gift, Jim, if, if someone tries to give you a gift and you don't receive that gift, you yeah. don't take that gift, then you're never going to know right. what the gift is. Right. 
In Romans 5, it says, but the free gift of God is not like the trespass because of because the gift of grace overwhelms the fall of man. For if many died by one man's trespass, Adam's sin, much more abundantly did God's grace and the gift that comes by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to benefit all. Yeah, so if, if, if by one man's sin many, many fell, then it goes right back and says, but by the sacrifice that Jesus made, many more, you know, will be saved. I mean, I was thinking about this. Isn't it awesome that we live in the times we live in right now? I mean, could you imagine living in the times before Jesus? Man, we are so blessed to be living in the times that we're living in. goes on to say in verse 16, uh, And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God, acquitted with the words, not guilty. You've been acquitted. So, so live in that. Don't live in the guilt. Don't live in the shame. Don't live in the past. Live in the present. God looks at you as perfect righteousness of him. You are righteous. You are right standing, not because of anything you did, but because of the grace that he's bestowed upon each and every person. That perfect righteousness is yours. Yeah, amen. And like you said before, Rich, we're not saying that because of this grace you can go out and do any, live any kind of life that you want to live, because, uh, you know, you will, you will suffer uh, if you go out and break man's laws or whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just like uh, Jonah, God put him in, in the whale. You know, if necessary, God allow you to sit in a prison cell for a couple of years to rethink your situation. But uh, another thought that the Lord gave to me a while back, which goes along with everything Rich was saying there, was instead of always trying to achieve, just come to me in silence and meditate before me and receive. Instead of trying to achieve, come before me and get silent and receive. For it, this is all by grace is what the Father keeps saying to me. But you're not going to understand this until you be still and know that I am God. Isn't that what the Scriptures tell us Amen. to do? Be still. You know, a lot of times you can't use the word meditation anymore because that in some circles is a dirty word, which frankly, um, then you better strike it, out, strike it out of the Bible 43 times because Joshua said meditate therein day and night. So uh, the key really to knowing Father well is to be silent and meditate yeah, on Part him. of prayer is meditation. Oh, yeah, really, really. For sure. Yeah, yeah you brought up a good point, Jim, about uh, what, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. Yeah, right. I love On the scripture. contrary, I worked harder than any of them Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Amen. 
So, you know, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I guess the way you guys are talking, you can just go out and do whatever you want and it's all good. No, that's <laughs> we we concur with Paul, what he said. Yeah, saying just the opposite. Yeah, we concur with him. But um, grace not only liberates and saves us, but also enables, guides, and provides special means for believers to be able to struggle in life and build up the body of Christ while on the earth. Grace alone means that God loves, forgives, and saves us, not because of who we are or what we do, but because of the work of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, grace, we, grace, grace. Yeah, we got distracted a little bit. Just some <laughs> of the men were walking. Grace. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I'm looking at a poem here, though. It yeah, says, go ahead. Uh, "It says when you praise, when you praise, you will be raised, raised into the place of my greater grace. Then you will comprehend my wonderful face, and in that place you will hear the voice of life." And it will become in you a surgeon's knife. It will cut away all those things that are keeping you from receiving my grace so you can continue on in this mysterious race. But that's another thing too, Rich. Uh, We've got to know the voice of the Lord. We've got to know the voice of the Lord. Um, And if you're in that place where you're still one of the brothers and sisters that says, well, I'm not so sure I can hear the voice of the Lord. He wants you to hear his voice. I don't want to get off sidetrack here from what the topic's no. been. But, you know, J- Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And it's imperative, particularly in this hour. The Lord's really been kind of um, pressing Rich and I a little bit about, you know, what's to come in the days ahead. And, and the Lord is trying uh, to instill a greater faith in his people because I believe that there are greater challenges ahead. You don't have to be a prophet to know that or see that in what's going on in the world today. The world's basically almost on fire. Uh, and so we're going to need more than just our one hour on Sunday going to faith, going to church faith. Uh, you know, if things really heat up around here and things get real nasty, uh, Dad, you know, you're going to have to have a greater faith to watch over your family and, and Mom, same way with you. So uh, we just encourage you to start pressing in uh, a little bit stronger perhaps than what you have been. And uh, trust me, uh, there's, there's, there's great reward in pressing into him. Um, isn't, doesn't the Scripture say that? That uh, if you press in, that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, what is he rewarding you with? He's going to reward you with greater faith, you know, the kind of faith that will move mountains. So uh, we encourage you to uh, press into the Lord. Draw a little bit closer to him. Amen. Okay, so let's kind of bring this thing in to a landing. It's uh, Romans six fourteen through... 16 and uh, 14 says remember this we're just going to hit this again jim because i think it's really important remember this sin will not conquer you for god already has you are not governed by law but governed by the reign of the grace of god and then we're going to hit this home what paul said again in a different version it says what what are we to do then Should we sin to our heart's content since there's no law to condemn us anymore? What a terrible thought. 
Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master, but choose carefully, for you surrender yourself to become a servant, bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master, and it will own you and reward you with death. I don't like that at all. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to love and obey God, he will lead you into perfect righteousness. I like the way that says what we said just a little bit Mm -hmm. ago. Um, You have a choice. We've said it many times. Um, Choose life. You, You know, Adam and Eve had a choice. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which they were not to partake of, or the tree of life that they could eat to their heart's content. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, because once you start eating of him, you can't get enough. No. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You just can't get enough. Nope. And there is no end to him. So uh, feel free to pull your uh, seat up at the dining room table and eat at the buffet. (laughs) Amen. There's more than enough for everybody. Amen. Well, here's an encouragement. Here's an encouragement to end on, and then Jim, we're going to give you whatever you have as far as poems or thoughts to to close this up. Um, uh, your every conversation and the detail of your daily conduct reflect Him. His name and lordship define your lives and inspire your deep gratitude to God the Father for His grace. His peace is the umpire of your every relationship, especially in the family. So he talks a lot about how his grace goes with you wherever you are and and the way you treat people, the way you uh, conduct yourself and whatever. You know, grace. You've been given grace. All he wants you to do is is overflow inside with that grace and spill out on everybody you come in contact with. And with that grace comes, you know, compassion, love, caring for people. Um, it, it, it's all part of the plan that God has. He wants us to walk this earth as Jesus walked this earth. And I know that uh, Jesus said, in greater things you will do. I haven't seen it, but I know it's coming. Yeah, the, we got to understand that we've talked a great deal about ourselves and receiving from the Lord and coming to know the Lord, have a greater knowledge of him. Uh, and the reason being uh, that we want to do that is because uh, for the same reason when Jesus walked the earth, he didn't come down here just to demonstrate how great he was or what a nice guy he was. He came down here to redeem and to, uh, you know, take people away from the clutches of Satan, uh, take them out of the dark powers and bring them into the light. He was the light of the world, but then he said, now you go, okay? Yeah. So as you press into the Lord, if you press in, say, Lord, I want, to be a, I want to have a greater impact in the earth for your glory, not so much to get myself totally delivered, because it's very difficult to get yourself delivered unless you're trying to deliver somebody else. I mean, the way God's kingdom works is give, and it shall be given unto you. God's given us treasure in this earth and vessel, and if we just want to keep that treasure to ourselves, uh, it's probably not going to grow to the extent I know it would grow if 
you were giving it out to people, um, you know, sharing the love of God. Here's a poem, because right now God is raising up a people on the earth, whether you understand this or not. Uh, he's bringing a people in the earth up to a mature level in him. There are people that are starting to know him intimately. There are people that, that, that are starting to hear the voice of the Lord. They're finally attuned to his channel, and they're hearing his voice. And God's going to use these people to go throughout the earth, even in the times of uh, extreme problems and crises. These people, God is going to raise them up. We believe that you're one of those people. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to our voice. Amen. So here's a poem that the Lord gave me, I guess, in conclusion of the radio show here. Uh, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, There is no ill in my will, for I desire to do exceedingly abundantly above all that your mind can even ask or think. For if you will to rise up on the wings of my dove, now see, for if you will, yeah. if you will to rise up on the wings of a dove, I will take you into the higher realms in my heavens above where you can experience a far greater measure of my power and my love. For, un for understand, my dear son and daughters, I am building a corporate man in the earth to bring them forth into a mature birth, to set all of my creation free and restore all things back into the glories of me. Praise the Lord. Good. You want to close that? Look up. So have a great day, saints. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, remember, it's all by grace. Just open the door and you'll see his face.